Uh, now you just got back from New York on Monday, you said? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, I don't know what day it is. I think it's Friday right now. But yeah, it was a, it was a good. Uh, I was at the boutique fitness conference in New York City. It was, it was great. Nice. Any uh, anything interesting over there? What do you guys talk about? Well, I think the first thing was everyone was very excited to be meeting in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was huge. And New York City was, uh, you know, uh, just fully alive. I mean, the the masks were off and, you know, people were everywhere. The, the weather was starting to get good. So it was just a really cool period of time to be in New York City. You know, as far as, uh, you know, the things that were talked about at the conference, I think, um, you know, what were the changes, kind of the modern age of, of boutique fitness and in-person mm-hmm. fitness and overall excitement of people being back in gyms again yeah. was really great. And, you know, the, the, what I presented on talked about primarily was the future of fitness and the technology aspect. And, uh, you know, the big thing that I think may even segue into our conversation today is the merger mm-hmm. of, of fitness and health. And that's, that's kind of where things are going, right. Is, yep. you know, with all the data coming out from wearable devices and, you know, as soon as that data becomes like medical grade, right. Trusted by the medical profession, then we really got something where, you know, maybe someday a call you know, the dream is that a doctor would write a prescription to go see your trainer, right? With I really hope it's not a doctor. Hopefully it's a robot, but yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But yeah, a robot tells you where to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it very well could happen. It's, it's, uh, yeah. but it, it comes down to the accuracy and the, the accessibility of the data. For sure. And, and there, the data, is growing so crazy in terms of what's being collected and bananas. It, now it's just a matter of organizing it in ways that are usable and, mm-hmm. and easy to implement into various systems to get results. Right. So uh, totally. I'm sure there's a lot of interesting things being worked on and projects uh, that you probably were listening to down there, but yeah, it's definitely going to be, uh, we'll talk about that a lot today. Uh, so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Weekly Watt Live show where each and every week we come together to nerd about about everything in connected fitness and health. If you like that, you can head over and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Connect the Watts, or, and watch the show live, or you can watch the uh, or listen to the Weekly Watt podcast later on any major podcast platform like Apple and Spotify. Today's topic will be on the future of CrossFit and how it fits into the connected fitness landscape. Also joining us later on the show will be one of the co-founders of RPM Training, Josh Rogers, to talk with us about their new connected functional fitness platform, Adam, which is essentially a CrossFit connected fitness platform. And so really excited to hear about that. This episode is made possible by today's sponsor, Tempo, makers of the Tempo Studio and Tempo Move, but you'll hear a bit more about them later. So let's talk CrossFit. Now, both you know Eric and I started CrossFit around similar times and, and opened up CrossFit affiliates around similar times around 14 years ago, 15 years ago is when uh, 08, I think is when I opened my first one. Yeah. And you, you were you you and uh, and your business partner were um I think one of the first ones on the central coast, right? Of California. Probably one of the first ones. Yeah. 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 Really, really. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. Wow. You know, I always think it was yeah. like 10 years ago, but no, it's getting closer to like 14, 15. And that's, it'll, yeah, it'll soon be 20, like 20 years ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, I wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, CrossFit's obviously changed a lot over a lot. the past 15 years. And I wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, its current direction, its, its future. Mm-hmm. And most importantly for us on this show is, 
how it kind of ties in or may tie into connected fitness. Uh, so first off, do you still do CrossFit at all? Do you dabble in it? What What's your, what do you, I, nowadays, I, what do you do? Yeah, I dabble in it. I think I'm much more deliberate with the type of training and kind of the seasons in my life. You know, when I'm skiing, I just try not to do a lot of, I mean, as coaches, you know, I try not to do a lot of knee flexion or stuff so I can recover and still ski three or four days a week. And that's a, yeah. a great problem to have. But, and when I'm not doing that, I, mm -hmm. I do try to, um, you know, do elements of CrossFit. So more like tempoed, uh, strength training. And then I also mm -hmm. do maybe like one very CrossFit style, usually with the Atom application because I've been okay. doing a beta for them. So I've been taking their, their, uh, on-demand classes and, uh, cool. doing something like that. My wife is actually pretty active. She just got back from Brazil for, she mm. was there for in Brazil for three weeks and she did a CrossFit class almost every day. Oh, wow. And now that she's back, she's, uh, she's doing CrossFit again here locally. So she's got, she's got the bug again. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What about you? Uh, well, you know, I, I crossfitted myself out of, uh, commission. So, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I trained, you know, from 2007 till 2014, like CrossFit was all I did or thought about, yeah. um, in the past, in the final two years, I was like training like four or five hours a day. So like I got kind of burnt, like when, when I was done competing, it was like, what's the point, you know? Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's also hard, I think too, when you are so focused on performing and competing, when you are ready to stop competing, obviously your performance is going to drop. So, you know, how fun is it to do workouts where your scores are like so much farther down than they ever were. So it's, it was very, uh, for me, at least it was very unmotivating to do anything CrossFit related, uh, for a while. So I stuck mostly to just like strength training or bodybuilding type programs or just conditioning programs. Um, and then I kind of like eventually got over that and mixed in a little bit more CrossFit. Uh, but I think, I think most people who've been doing CrossFit for more than like, from what I've gathered, I feel like it's seven years. Hmm. I feel like seven years is the mark where most people start to kind of figure out what aspects of CrossFit they like and don't like. And they really start to kind of start just focusing more on the stuff that they like. Uh, it's more rare to find somebody I think that continues doing like traditional CrossFit stuff without breaks or without other focuses uh, for a while, just because, uh, you know, the whole thing of CrossFit is you're always doing stuff that you don't like. So, it's, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. you know, there's only maybe there's a yeah. limit to how much that of that you can take in your brain. How do you define CrossFit? I mean, there's, there's the traditional definition, right? Uh, constantly varied, uh, I forget it now, geez, uh, constantly varied functional <laughs> movements performed at high intensity, right? Those are the yeah, three yeah. things, but I mean, it's, it's such a broad term. That's like, well, do you do CrossFit? It's like, well, I don't know. Like what is CrossFit really? And I think there's, there's a lot of gray in that definition. So for me, it's because CrossFit was always so gray about it, which was good in some aspects, but also really bad because everything's like, if, you know, everything, if everything's CrossFit, then nothing's CrossFit. And yeah. there are so many things that get, you know, like things got attributed to CrossFit that weren't even originally CrossFit. So like EMOMs and for example, mm -hmm. like that wasn't really part of the original CrossFit you wouldn't, well, you wouldn't go to like a CrossFit gym or a website and see EMOMs originally. You would see that from other sources and other training um, sources, but you wouldn't see that that got implemented into CrossFit. 
fairly early on. And now it's kind of, you think you see an EMOM and you think maybe CrossFit, right? And, but now you see an EMOM in any kind of fitness studio, right? All the time. Yep. So uh, it's, that's kind of the beauty and the bad part about CrossFit is just that it was so open-ended that it's, it's really hard to define it. I always defined it as the sport of CrossFit or the sport of fitness. And, you know, I've always thought of it as, you know, you could do functional movements at high intensity and that would be any program really nowadays, especially nowadays. But what CrossFit was unique in is that it was a sport in which there were standards that you could compete in, uh, you know, and there would be competitions and, you know, all that. But then, you know, CrossFit decided they didn't want to be known to be as known as a sport of, of fitness. And, and I think that was a huge, and they started cutting back on their efforts to promote like their games and their competitions, which I, I just personally thought was a huge mistake because if they're not the sport of fitness, then to me, they're nothing um, without that, because you can do high intensity interval training with functional movements anywhere. It's not unique to that anymore. Uh, so I think, I still think it is what makes it unique is having that leaderboard, having mm -hmm. the competition, um, and having kind of the standardized movements that you do compete in. I think that is what makes it unique compared to anything else. Still, I don't see any other programs having that. Yeah. It's, it's been an interesting journey for CrossFit, right? Like <clears throat> there's one thing I will give across. Well, two things. Number one, they, tr they truly revolutionized like the, the gym setting, right? Oh, yeah. like there, there's something that, you know, people can say good or bad things about cross or whatever they want, but mm -hmm. <clears throat> what it taught us about how valuable a community is, uh, when it comes to fitness from, you know, accountability and, and having fun and getting people involved and, and all that, it became like mm -hmm. a church, right? That's, it was so powerful for a lot of people. It really was like church and, um, that, and the second thing is that it's always had drama, like always. There's yeah. always been drama around CrossFit. I don't know why, if it's the leadership, if it's just the people it attracts, but there's always drama. Mm -hmm. It's like a soap I, opera. I feel like it's good though. You know, like, yeah. is there any big company that's like the leader of its space that doesn't have consistent drama that every, I think that's just part of like the positioning. Like if nobody know. cares about you, then like if CrossFit does something small it could be like just like peloton is in connected fitness if, they, if peloton adds a pause button that's a controversy whereas other companies add a pause button cool nobody cares right yeah and so similar with crossfit crossfit does something you know it's it's well known so everybody's gonna be talking about it discussing it it's a controversy another company does the same thing or another fitness model does the same thing and nobody cares so yeah well i mean peloton also didn't give away glock nine millimeters to winners of competitions. So I mean, that was, <laughs> was just, well, see, I like that. I like that, you know, they're, they're getting your attention, you know, it's better. Yeah, they did. They do. They definitely uh, get the, the attention. And I think that's, you know, their progress in, in all of that. And it's like, you know, going back to my wife still doing CrossFit, not a whole lot's changed. If you go into a CrossFit affiliate, like it's still what it was 10 years ago. I mean, the programming, there's a lot more program. Like when you and I used to go in back in the day to an actual class, it was like one workout. That workout was like three to 15 minutes long. There was a warm up, a cool down, a little bit of skills. Now it's like A1, A2, B1 through B10, C, well, and then and then the burner at the end, right? It's just a lot yeah. to pack in. So that was, the that was the negative aspect maybe of the sport side of it. Because so when you go to a CrossFit group class, the training there 
looks nothing like if you wanted to train for CrossFit as a sport. And that's where it yeah. kind of got mixed up. It's like, if you want to train for CrossFit as a sport, one, you're not going to be doing like a 15 minute AMRAP and just being cool. Like that's, that's not how to get better at a sport. You, you, you train a one, you, you train multiple movements. You do strength, you do multiple sessions, you pack in a lot. And that was never designed to be done in an hour, at least not for a general person, not safely. And so when people thought, well, CrossFit's about elite fitness and we should make our members the fittest they could possibly be. We should definitely look and see what the fittest people are doing. I think that's kind of what got shoved into classes. And then, uh, you know, for better or worse, that that's that kind of changed how the training looks. And it's, yeah, it can be very compact in some gyms and other gyms. I, I saw Adam too. I was checking it out. That seems more like traditional, like very traditional one thing, you know, you're yeah. going to focus on, get better at that day. You take 30 or 40 minutes to kind of, from warm up to prep to go and and that's it. So it's definitely you still get a wide variety I think of different gyms um and which is also the cool yeah. thing too, right? Is that like each individual gym creates its own programming, has its own community. You know, that was the libertarian part of Greg Glassman's vision, right? It's like they're not going to control anything. Mm -hmm. You know, you just you you get trained to be a coach and you launch your gym, you license, you pay the affiliate fees and you kind of do whatever you want, um, which was, which was pretty cool too. And I think like you had mentioned that at one point in time, there was the kind of divergence between, okay, is this general physical preparedness for, you know, fitness and health, or is this a sport? Mm -hmm. And I would have gone the other way. Like you stuck with the sports side of things. I think yeah. that was a mistake. I think becoming <laughs> a sport really confused a lot of people, including like gym owners and clients and consumers. And then it became like overly competitive. And then everyone got, you know, wanted to be an athlete and like, sorry, not everyone's an athlete. Okay. Just but do, you, do you think people would have been interested in it without the sport? I, like, would there be a draw to it? And well, that, that's the question, I guess. I mean, before the games became a big deal, right? Like it wasn't, yeah. No one cared about the games. It was but still, nobody cared, but nobody cared about CrossFit either. Yeah, but when, when was the years that it really started to grow? Like 2011, 10 through 2010 through 2014. Those were the years when the the games were at its mm. in terms of popularity. People talk, people jumping into the open, competing, mm. telling each other. I mean, after 2014, that's when I believe they cut back on some of the stuff, and that's when their growth also cut back. Mm. Uh, not saying that those two are necessarily related, but. Um, I don't know. I, I always think, and this is true of other services as well, not just fitness, but like it always seems wrong to cater to like the most extreme, but without the most extreme driving the interest, you often can't build a big enough community. So if you don't cater to like that one to 5%, sometimes you don't have anybody because everybody's interested in seeing what those one to 5% are doing and following their lead. And so if you're a health, like, you know, if you go to what's a, what curves, right? Nobody, mm -hmm. <laughs> nobody's excited. Like I joined, like maybe somebody's, I'm sorry. If you're excited about curves out there, that's, that's fine. But like, there's a different level of interest, I think, because you're not like, you don't have that inspiration maybe. Um, yeah. Well, here's, I mean, curves is interesting too, because curves is like every year in like the top three fitness franchises, as far as like 
<clears throat> revenues and number of locations and like, don't sleep on curves, like yeah. from a fitness aspect, right? Like, you know, yeah, the yeah, brand yeah. may not be like the hottest, sexiest thing ever as CrossFit when compared to CrossFit. Right. But mm -hmm. there's a lot of people going to curves, you know, there's a lot of locations like from the business side, they're kind of winning. I think they're uh, in the top three. You think I'm pretty sure almost cause I, I search this thing every once in a while, like <laughs> yeah, top yeah. fitness franchises and curves is always up there. And I'm always like, well, and jazzercise is another you know, remember, one where I'm like, they must Whoa. have changed things. So I remember there was like a period which curves was dropping hard, but mm -hmm. they must have changed and turned things around. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm not privy to, I haven't looked at their, their public numbers. I'm not even sure if they're public or private, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. And, uh, you know, to get into the question that we start with, like, what is the future of CrossFit? Right. Where, where is it now? And where is it going? Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, the pandemic was awful for any boutique gyms and that's, you know, that's still where the community is driven is at the, the, the affiliate gym level. Um, I know they had the, uh, precision care. I don't know if that would ever happen with that. That was the one that was like, they're trying to line up a bunch of CrossFit trained doctors to work with gym owners and trainers to become more of a health network. Okay. Um, yeah. Do you remember that? Like it was, it was a couple of years ago, I, I think, but I don't know if it ever actually hit the ground. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what they've done lately. That's been super successful in terms of like the new programs and stuff they're doing. I don't know. I do. I am curious about how they connected side of things will go. Mm -hmm. So essentially, I mean, if you think about it, CrossFit was probably one of the first connected fitness programs. I mean, people, it was one of the first programs just having an online workout where people would it's follow true. along to. I mean, it wasn't a video, but it was a workout of the day yeah. that you would follow. You post your scores or whatever. Um, so essentially, it, it is a leader in the connected fitness space in one way. But in terms of like modern connected fitness applications, it's uh, probably the farthest behind uh, in terms of being able to create a platform in which people could take anywhere or in are at home or you know make it more part of their lives than just their affiliate and that's part of what you're saying is they that's not their their business is serving affiliates and it's up to affiliates to serve customers but the problem is affiliates aren't going to create a giant at home connected fitness network uh, no. that's not going to happen and so and we'll talk about adam in, in a minute because it seems like that's kind of the direction they're going but i'm curious because i've always thought you know with connected fitness home, like, so imagine how many crossers there are, are people who did cross it. And we were mm -hmm. talking about numbers earlier about how many affiliates there are. And we're thinking maybe between 10,000 and 15,000 as a, yeah. as a good estimate. 15 is way high. I would say it's going to be closer to 10. Yeah. But let's go on the high side of it and say mm -hmm. there's 150 affiliates with an average of 150 customers. Um, that would be on the high end, I think for, for an average. So 15,000 with average of 150. 15,000 with an average of 150. So okay. um, times 10 will be, so let's just say it's a couple million, 2 million, 3 million, 4 million. But you're good at math. It's, it's going to be something in that ballpark, right? Uh, you know, how many people who have done CrossFit over the past 15 years is way more than two or 3 million. It's more like yeah. 100 million. Probably. You know? So for me, I feel like the vast, vast, vast majority of CrossFitters do not work out on an affiliate. They work out, but maybe they don't work out. That's an mm -hmm. option. That's probably the most likely. <laughs> uh, but two, they work out at home or they moved on to something else. Yeah. Um, but there, there has to be a huge population. And that's why probably the success of Rogue and, and their enormous growth is in part of that too, is 
there are so many people doing CrossFit art, CrossFit inspired training at home that it seems like a huge missed opportunity for more companies not to take advantage of that and provide CrossFit type services and training with cross, like well-known CrossFit coaches. Again, that's what Adam seems to be doing, but it's, I'm shocked that it's, they're the first ones that I've seen to do it because it seems to me like a no brainer. That's, that's the most obvious at home training that you could do um, for the average, for, for how many people who are hardcore interested in doing it. Uh, and it just blows my mind that uh, it's so far behind the the curve in terms of that. It, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, I remember when, so when I first started my gym, which was only for the record, people in like 20 minutes north of yours, um, yeah. if that, and you guys actually helped us a lot getting open uh, and kind of figuring all of our stuff out. But most, a lot of people came to our gym because they're doing it in their garage. Yeah. Right. With whatever barbells they could find old rowers, just, you know, beg, borrow and steal equipment to, to make it happen. And that's why a lot of them join. They're like, Oh, I'm not, I don't have to do this alone anymore. Um, and then when, every time I talk to the RPM guys about, you know, doing, uh, about what they're doing at Adam, I think the same thing. I'm like, why is it taking people so long? Why are you guys, you know, in 2021, the first ones to be doing, why this? is a jump rope company? The first one <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Um, but Hey, if they didn't do it, nobody would. So they, I'm, I'm super glad they're doing it and they're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it, it just blows my mind, but we're going to talk. So we'll talk more about this in a moment. Um, and we'll probably be having uh, Josh Rogers from RP on, um, on soon. But we're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor tempo, which by the way, they're in, t- in terms of connected fitness platforms besides like Adam, uh, but the home platforms, they are definitely one of the ones that have, a lot of CrossFit inspired type training into there. So I'm going to play their uh, sponsorship and it will be right. And now a big thank you to Tempo who has helped make the weekly want possible by sponsoring this episode in a connected fitness landscape that is changing so rapidly. And with the fairly high price it can take to build out your own connected fitness home gym, it's nice to know which products are future proof and which may become obsolete in just a few years. And that's why I love the Tempo Move. It uses high quality dumbbells and Olympic style plates, as well as since it utilizes the tech powered by your iPhone, it is built to last long into the future. And that's important because nobody wants to invest money into something that may not last or be made obsolete within just a matter of years. Make sure to check out the Tempo Move with the link below if you haven't done so already. Okay, <laughs> we're back. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, let's let's keep digging into that. So, in terms of you know at home services, so the biggest problem with doing CrossFit at home, I think for a lot of people, is uh, not having the space, right? Yeah, there's a good amount of people with garages though that that do, and so you know finding unique ways to create workouts and services that you know accommodate a variety of people that's i think going to be probably a, a big key into building that out do you, do you think barbell I, i'm curious i'm gonna before what last one quick thing before we bring josh yeah in. uh <clears throat> do you think barbells i have this theory okay i want to you know what you think of it yeah i think barbells are ops are becoming more and more obsolete for the average um 
fitness application. They are. And the reason I think that even though I love barbell training, uh, at least in the way they are designed now, they're, they're not space effective. Mm-hmm. I mean, for businesses, they're bad. For homes, they're bad. Uh, for a lot of things, they're bad. Uh, so I'm always curious to see what's going to, or if anything can replace the barbell in terms. Now, obviously, it'll almost always be used in sports applications and people who want, you know, the higher end, you know, fitness development. But I'm curious what your thoughts, if, if the barbell will be replaced as the go-to strength device down the road. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, so I, I think yes and no. Mm-hmm. I, I think we've already seen like simple, simply put shorter barbells, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at like uh, <clears throat> a boutique gym or a small CrossFit affiliate or whatever, or any kind of just in-person gym, they have to be space efficient. The more people you can put in a class, the more revenue you can make, more likely you're going to survive that, you know, critical five-year period, right? Um, so I think the barbell is still, to me, the king and queen, whatever you want to call it, of strength training. Mm-hmm. But I think reducing the size and making it more space efficient, I think, is really critical. And there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know in-person experiences that do that already, and I'm sure a lot of yeah. at home as well. Yeah, I haven't really seen any. But um, with too many with like shorter condensed, you know, barbell type device. I'm just curious. But I, anyway, let's bring on Josh. Yeah. Um, hold on one second. Let me make sure I got everything lined up here. Um, so, yeah. So Josh Rogers is one of the co-founders of RPM Training, and he's going to be jumping in to talk to us about his connected fitness platform, Adam. So let me put him in. Here we go. Hey, Josh, how are you doing? What's up, guys? How are you? Hey, Josh. Good. Hey, Eric. I didn't know I'd be seeing you here. <laughs> yeah, surprise. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> awesome, man. So yeah, I would want to hear about, you know, how you, you guys, because, um, you know, from what I know, you know, I've been a little bit not paying attention to CrossFit too much over the past like five, six years. So the last time I had heard about RPM, you know, I'd been using your jump ropes for a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm curious to hear kind of the new kind of, what you guys are doing is, is Adam, which is the connected fitness. I know you guys probably don't call it a CrossFit service, but uh, it's a CrossFit service uh, for at home. So I'm curious to know about like how that came about, what it is and, and kind of get to know more about what you guys are doing. Totally. Uh, before we go there, I was eavesdropping on your barbell conversation. You're yeah, yeah. just having an, I think you made an interesting point, but what I almost see it as the opposite, or maybe it's like a bell curve of sorts, but I was in fitness before I knew what CrossFit was. So um, I had a gym that I opened a couple of years before I started doing functional fitness or CrossFit. And then I completely changed its methodology to be a more of a functional fitness gym. But in traditional gym spaces, pre CrossFit, the barbell had already become obsolete. Like the only people using a barbell were dudes bodybuilders at the you know or i mean athletes in like strength and conditioning programs of course but bench press and squatting you know it's basically all the barbell was used for for by the general public (laughs) exactly so i think even when i first opened my gym i had a bar or maybe two for the the personal training clients that i worked with you know and then but otherwise i had this rack of like three foot barbells you know that we could do a bunch of stuff with in more of our group fitness classes um but then i think what crossfit and functional fitness did was actually bring the barbell to a whole like millions of people who probably would never have trained with it 
and I was still kind of a holdover from my football days and stuff. I was still doing power cleans and, and, you know, squat cleans and stuff from, you know, but I, I didn't apply them to my, my clientele base until I, you know, took the cue from CrossFit and sort of that functional training movement where it's like, Oh, you know, everyone actually can use a barbell and everyone should be doing this. And so that was that paradigm shift. But I think now with the home, so this may be a good transition into Adam mm -hmm. is like with the, the development of the, the connected fitness and the garage gymmer. And the irony of that is that CrossFit started out as a garage gym phenomenon, but um, you know, only the hardcore mm -hmm. knew about it at the time. But I think totally. the, with the sort of delivery of that and people looking for like space saving devices and pe people being very attracted to the, the, the sort of, tonal model of the world where you just hang something on your wall and that's your entire fitness plan. Um, I do think that barbells face an uphill battle in that arena, but I also don't think that everyone has to use a barbell to get really, really fit. Like it comes mm -hmm. down to like what you love to do. So if you don't love what you're doing, you won't do it for very long. So you yep. should love it. And some people just love training with a barbell. And I think you know, as long as you have a garage, if with a little bit of effort, you can make the space to do so. Um, so it was interesting when we were first conceptualizing Adam, it was like, well, we really want to bring functional fitness to the masses. Like this is something that we think maybe CrossFit is a bit limited in their ability to do just with the, the brand that they've established and, and the markets that they've sort of, um, you know, put so much focus in and, and their model but I'm so taken by the methodology of functional training that I, I just think that like there are just millions of people out there who have no idea that they should be doing this, you know, and we'll, mm -hmm. and we'll have the same experience that we all had when we started, which was shit. I wish I knew about this 10 years totally. ago. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. Or like, if I'd only known about this when I was a senior in high school, I'd be unstoppable now, yeah. you know? And it's like that we all had that experience. And, and I think that, that epiphany still waits to be had by the most of the general public. So, so I think that was what's really exciting about what we're doing with Adam. And I'll, I'll go backwards a little bit and talk about that, that, um, how that got started. But I had a gym for 20 years and really enjoyed delivering that experience to a small population. And so the idea that we could actually bring that in a really like, you know, legitimate way to a huge audience is is pretty exciting and there's obviously some limitations and some hurdles to clear for doing that it's not it's not as easy to deliver a functional training or fun, functional fitness program remotely as it is to have someone start doing you know a, a cycling program you know an exercise yeah. bike is like people can wrap <laughs> their minds around that it's like oh i just sit on it and pedal like that's not too intimidating but oh <laughs> what do I do with like a kettlebell and a sandbag and a pull-up bar and a, you know, so it's like, it's, I think the process will be um, a good challenge for us, but I think it's, it's doable and we'll just get better and better at it as we go. But um, that's the goal, right? Is to make people feel warm and fuzzy about starting a functional training program from ground zero without, you know, um, maybe they don't have access or the funding or the, the, they don't live in the area with a good affiliate or something. So, um, and, you know, I yeah. think too, like we were talking about, like there's definitely, you know, obviously hundreds of millions of people who've never tried 
any kind of CrossFit type training who would like to, but maybe can't, you know, go somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. same, but we we're talking about earlier before you even jumped on about how many, you know, there's, let's just say there's 15,000 affiliates with an average of 150 members or something. So let's just say there's like on any given year, there's about three or 4 million CrossFit members who go mm-hmm. to affiliates. Well, there's hundreds of millions of people who've done CrossFit at some point <laughs> who we decided, you know, probably a good amount of them don't do anything anymore because a lot of people yeah. just don't do anything. Yeah, but a yeah. good amount of them don't do something because but they still want to. And a lot of them do something at home, but maybe don't have the direction or just like, or trying to do wall balls in a 24 hour fitness or something. Yeah. Or somewhere you can drop a weight. Yeah. And yeah it's not yeah, even exactly. just about not being able to make it to an affiliate because you know, like I still have like an affiliate gym that I can go to, mm-hmm. but I'm so lazy in terms of like, not lazy. <laughs> it's just time. Right. It's like, totally. even though it's 10 minutes away, 10 minutes back. If I want to do a 30 minute workout, and my kids asleep and I got to, you know, go yes. and we're all busier and busier and busier. It just makes a lot more sense to find something you can do at home. But as most people, even though I'm somebody who programmed workouts for years, mm-hmm. I don't want to write a program for myself because one, mm-hmm. I know I'll like think about it too much. I'll <laughs> be like, oh, this is too hard. This is too easy. I don't want to think yes. about any of that stuff. Yes. Um, and so even for somebody who knows what they're doing, I think most people would prefer to follow along and just like, hey, just tell me what to do. I, I just totally. want to know what to do because if so you're honest with yourself, it's like, you know, well. that it's just like food reporting. There's just like some, I think there's some statistic, like, you know, 90% of people underreport what they eat, you know, and oh, it's like, sure. so true. And it's, and it's the same thing goes for programming. And it's like, if you're only programming for yourself, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's one thing if like, so what I did was my trick was don't think about me at all program for the gym. And then I just get, you know, basically by default trained by my, my own programming, but it's not, I'm not doing it for me. I'm thinking about them. And then I'm like, shit, I got to do 400 meter rowing repeats today. It's like, or 500 meter row repeats today. It's like, well, I would never have programmed that for myself, (laughs) but I did it for the gym. So I guess I better do it. But yeah, you, you bring up a totally critical point to how we view Adam and how we're delivering it, which is, yeah, you have an affiliate to go to. And you still love going there sometimes, I would imagine. And that's how we feel too. I mean, I come mm-hmm. from owning a, a small boutique gym, you know, like we, that's an important element to the ecosystem. But the reality is that if you want to get the most out of this training, and if you fall in love with it, in an ideal world, you're doing this three to five, maybe even six days a week on some level, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the, <laughs> the reality that the person who really wants to get the most out of it and has a full life with kids and spouse and work and, you know, all that stuff. If you're going to get to the affiliate five days a week, like that's the, that's the elite of the elite at an affiliate. You know, those are the people that like live, breathe and eat fitness. Like, but if you could somehow create a hybrid situation where you can go to the affiliate a couple times a week to get that community hit, to, connect with your coaches to get to get watched in person by a coach or you know to get that you know um just the different experience that you can't get online you know no matter how good that is if you can go there twice a week but you have an outlet that has a you know programming model for your gym for your garage that allows you to bridge the gap between those two experiences i think 
that's the ideal scenario for us because it's like, oh, I got home from work late and it's 8 p.m., but I really wanted to work out today. The gym's closed, but oh, guess what? I can still do the workout that was at the gym that day because I have a setup in my garage. And the way we've modeled Adam is so that, um, and we're kind of backing into this a little bit, but uh, so that if you have a workout being done at your gym one day and then you decide to do something at home that day instead, you're not going to accidentally program something yourself like, oh, I just did 100 toes the bar two days in a row or, you know, or something to that effect. So the idea would be sync up those programs, even if you don't have every single thing at the gym at your home that you have at the gym. So maybe the gym program has, you know, rope climbs in it that day or whatever. That's not something you're doing at home. Well, Adam has an has an alternative for you that day that won't be contraindicated to the next day's programming at the gym. So that's that's the main thing that we're trying to accomplish. So and I know I think I saw that you guys have are developing, you know, some sort of like an affiliate program to be able to mm-hmm. work with affiliates. And I think and I'm, I want to hear more about that in, in a second. But just from my end, you know, because you're talking a lot about how it makes sense, because for the average person, they probably can only really make it at least for my dad. I don't know what, about your guys, but the average client over like 12 years of just data came around two and a half to three times yep. per week. That was yep. about the average. And I think that's pretty universal. Totally. And in fact, that's not only universal as like a, what people can go to. It's also kind of like what, in terms of certain affiliates, what is really optimal for a service business? Because people who come four or five times, it's actually not that great to have as a business to have memberships that allow for often for four or five times a week it it doesn't really help unfortunately the bottom line and that's why you don't see the most profitable gyms like orange theory like gyms that know business better than the average Mm -hmm. crossfit gym Mm -hmm. they they may not provide training as good but they know their business and you don't really see them offering a ton of very easily accessible unlimited memberships to just you know it's totally true and it's something that's pretty hard to communicate to the mm-hmm. to the gym owner because i mean everyone's out there trying to do good right mm-hmm. and yeah. so you i mean at it, at its heart the difference between a boutique gym owner or like a private gym owner like a crossfit gym and a 24-hour fitness is that the private gym owner actually charges a bit more but he actually wants everyone to show up yeah. whereas the other gym like charges the absolute least they can possibly get to hoping that no one shows up Yep. And so that, that approach is just like completely at odds with one another. But mm-hmm. there's something to be said for the fact that your gym, you're basically making money at a gym is, is determined by time and space. Like, and there's only so much time and there's only so much space to go around. But you get the most from your members when they're making the best results. And you, get, you build the most long-term clients when they're getting the best results. So how do you get people to train four plus days a week without having 30 person classes all the time and competition for equipment all the time and extra wear and tear on everything in your gym all the time and all that stuff. So that's another element that like, we haven't even talked a lot about that internally, but it's something that I've been thinking of just as a, Mm -hmm. as a previous gym owner, like I want to see everyone, you know, like I want people to come in, I want to keep tabs on them. But the reality is like, I actually joked with one, a client not too long ago before we closed, we actually closed our gym during COVID. Um, Mm -hmm unfortunately, but I was joking with her like, okay, your goal is to come twice a week. That was like her thing. She did two times a week. She, she walked and like stuff and other days and whatever. But it's like, as soon as you miss a couple of days in a month, like suddenly your average is six days a month. 
Like, you know, I just had to break it down to her. Like, hey, your average training volume right now is six days a month. Like, that's just not going to cut it, you know, like yeah. for what you want out of it. And so the reality is, how do we get people to train like at a volume level that's that's ideal and not overdoing it, but at the same time being con- as a con- on a consistency basis, right? How do they how do you get them to be consistent, but not stressing your 3000 square foot gym, you know, to a degree where people get start to get unhappy or, you know, um, don't have the best experience. Yeah. And not to kind of pitch your own program for you. Cause I don't even, I've never, I don't even know the details of it, but as a, you know, as an affiliate owner, like, I think the ideal situation for me would be like, you know, I, I actually, what we did was we cut our memberships, you know, before the COVID stuff, but we cut our memberships to three times a week. Like we were just, that was it. Like Monday and Tuesday was the same workout, whether, so you could choose Monday or Tuesday, you know, that we would mess around <laughs> yeah. with different ideas, but, um, ideally like you want people to work out consistently, right. Mm-hmm. And to have an at-home program that's congruent to their programming at the gym and maybe to focus at the gym more on things that are more important because we all know that there's days where, you know, the, the workouts just like you get the workout started and you're, you're helping teach movements, but it's not really as critical to have the eyes on some workouts compared to other workouts. Right. And so if, if you could have a, a gap where it's like, Hey, if you, if you want to work out more than three days a week, which most people aren't, but if you want to, which we suggest at home with either body weight, or we have these packages, like let's just say mm-hmm. we have an Adam package you could buy, mm-hmm. take home, you have everything you need to follow along our program. That makes sense. And be able to come. If you're interested in leaderboards, be able to compete both on our leaderboard yep. and our leaderboard can compete in a wider nationwide leaderboard. Yep. I think there's a lot of interesting and fun things you can do for sure with that that uh make it uh really kind of an attractive idea both for for just members and for for business owners totally yeah and one thing i you know i've been using the i i have had access to the platform and the app and the equipment for you know six months now i think josh and it's mm-hmm. been um you know one of the things that that jumps out on me from a, a user experience which i think is really well done you know that if people have taken a crossfit class you get that feeling of community right like mm-hmm the coach knows everyone's name. They're joking around. And I think that's where you guys have done a great job getting someone like Pat Barber, who's <laughs> basically done most of the classes that I've, t- I've, I've taken online and there's no scripting, you know, like you go to like mm-hmm. some of these other, uh, you know, connected fitness, there's, there's obviously no scripting. Like this guy has coached hundreds of thousands of classes. He could do it <laughs> in his sleep probably. Right. Right. But it's so good. He's like joking around with people and you know, it's non scripted. He screws something up. He just corrects it just like you totally. would in a real life class. And to me, that's one of the coolest things. Like I actually walk, I like watching the content. Like I've been doing this long enough where I don't actually follow all the warmups per mm-hmm. se, mm-hmm. but I like watching it. It's funny. It's engaging. Totally. And it's something you don't get, like no one's trying to be sexy, you know, like yep. no one's trying to be anything. Uh, you know, there's not like sprayed on sweat, you know, for the instructors <laughs> or anything like that. This is real and it's genuine. And I'm curious how you guys, how much effort have you guys put into to get capturing that, that and trying to make it, you know, in a digital experience. Yeah, I, that was something that was, um, I think, looming when we set out on the whole project was like, one of the main points was we wanted it to feel authentic and real. And how do you do that? Um, <laughs> first of all, how do you get the people on a consistent enough basis to produce something like this to make sure that you have a follow along class every single day you produce a workout? And so that was a bit daunting. 
Um, but obviously finding the right coach was important. And Pat was local to us. We've known him for years. He's been seminar staff for ages. He just, he knows the methodology like the back of his hand. What you need in order to do that is you need someone who's comfortable on camera, but also so comfortable with the coaching material that they don't have to think hard about either one. So like if you're overthinking it, then it becomes a bit, feels a bit more forced or staged. So, and Pat is just by nature, like a really funny, you know, sort of, uh, he loves to tease people and just, you know, make his sessions fun. And he comes up with nicknames for people and it's just, it's all real right there. And so we decided from the get go, like, Hey, in a real class, when you're teaching at a gym, if you screw something up that you just screwed it up, you have to own it. Right. And so let's just do that in a digital environment where we just run these things in one take. So there are no cuts or edits or anything. We just push play on the record and Pat runs the class. We have some different camera angles that we can cut between, but essentially it's one take all the way through every single time. And you, and you kind of get what you get. And what ends up being is like a real feel to a class and the people that are involved that he's coaching are actually real people that would go to a CrossFit gym. Um, we, we would like to get a higher population of newer athletes. So that's something that we've definitely struggled with. It's like the people who are, um, feel really confident with the training methodology are the ones who really want to be on camera. And so convincing people that are new to be on camera is a bit yeah. more challenging, but, but I think we'll, we'll eventually, you know, get better at that as we go, because we want every person, you know, the level, the level four beginner who's hopping on the platform, we think they should identify with someone that's in the content as well as often as possible. And so that's something that we're going to work on. But in reality, the, the classes, even as they are now, it's like real athletes who go to real gyms in the area or have garage gyms or whatever. And they come in and they get coached by Pat, like live on screen. And then it ends up being this, this thing. And same with you, Eric, like I have some like unique physical limitations and issues that I need to work on before I work out. So I might have to like do a, you know, a particular stretch or something that maybe cuts into some of the warm up that's actually being broadcast on the class. So whether I'm following it to an exact T or not, I actually love putting it on and just hearing the banter between him and the other athletes. And it, it's sort of like, it feels like how you're getting primed for a class in, in a gym and you're kind of like your, your mental sort of focus changes from whatever you were doing that day to like, okay, now it's time to train. Yeah. And then the best part about it is that this really surprised me is that you cannot help but be competitive when you, when it goes <laughs> yeah. three, two, one, go. And it's, and it's so different, right? Cause like you could be in your garage gym and you think you're working hard, but I know now, now that I have the videos to, to train with, um, that I would never work as hard as I do because you think, okay, I'm just going to kind of take it easy today. And this is what you do at the gym sometimes right yeah. now. It's kind of like one of those days. I'm, I'm just, you know, you kind of like, you like, uh, um, you disclaimer your workout ahead of the workout for all your buddies. Like, well, I'm not feeling it today, you know, or whatever. And it's kind of like you're doing that internally to yourself. And then all of a sudden it's like three, two, one go. And Pat's like, okay, Grayson's on round two. And you're like, shit, I got to pick it up a little bit. And then it's just like, it gets you and it's like, oh man. And then you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to beat him. Oh man. And then it's like, it ends up being this really fun, realistic experience for even someone who's been doing this and been coaching it and been programming it for 15 years. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm always amazed by how much uh, it helps to have that just coach or, or just something to follow along to mm -hmm. as totally. you, and how much more, I, you know, I used to actually from 2000, 
it's funny from 2007 through 2014 so about seven years and you know i owned an affiliate as well i probably took less than five crossfit classes ever um i just always just trained on my own yeah i mean i might have a training partner occasionally but even yep. that was like kind of just i mean it was just a matter of focus and doing your own thing mm-hmm. so i was never very into um even though I coached a lot of classes, I was never really into taking classes. Uh, but now that I'm an older shell of who I once was, like just <laughs> the motivation to like get me moving, it's so helpful. And I couldn't imagine um, just going to the, you know, I, I don't have that ability to just go to the garage and be like, you know what I'm going to do. Uh, I saw you guys did DT the other on, on Adam. I, I could never just do that and be like, and push myself <laughs> hard. I might do like a round and be like, Maybe I should do like a minute rest. You know, I would just make something up to like right. totally. demotiv- to make myself slow down. But uh, if I really wanted to be motivated, I think you, I have to have something like that. And I think maybe for a lot of people, uh, that's probably they're in a similar situation with their at home training. Um, yeah, I mean, I would think yeah. nearly everyone, right? I mean, in, except for the people who are, um, you know, maybe truly com- on the competitive track or or like a gym owner who has access to the gym in the next room tw- you know 24 hours a day or you know as mm-hmm. basically that's how much time we spend at the gym as gym owners so it's like you can always just walk next door and work out but as soon as you're not in that environment again and i even would even qualify like ex-athletes as well like uh whether that's you retired from high school or college or the pros it's like you've been told what to do your whole life by a strength and conditioning coach. And we have just in our sort of talks with um, athletes about Adam and, you know, helping, you know, get some former, you know, players and stuff on the platform to see what they think. There's a lot of stories about, oh, yeah, like, I actually called my brother and to find out what to do with a kettlebell. And it's like, you are a multi-million dollar paid athlete and you're not exactly (laughs) sure what to do with this kettlebell sort of thing, you know? So even someone at that level could use, could use something like this. And then you take it all the way down to the person who's never done it before. And and we know how many people are out there that, that need it. And, or maybe like, and, you know, as a brand, RPM sort of lives at the intersection of outdoor sports, action sports, adventure, and training, just because that we really feel like the best foundation for like a full and active adventurous life is training, is functional training. So even those people who are maybe they were, you know, an avid rock climber through their 20s, but they're getting busier, they can't do it as often, but they still want to be able to do it long into their later years and or maybe it's surf with their kids or ski with their grandkids or whatever. It's like, this is what you have to do in order to keep that kind of lifestyle up. And so those people maybe have never started quote unquote functional training, you know, exactly. And so Adam allows them to start to dabble with this methodology, even if they don't see themselves walking into an affiliate right away. And like, and I think actually Adam could be a gateway drug to the affiliate for people who have access to one, but are like, well, that's the old adage, like, well, I need to get in shape before I go to that gym, you know, which we all know is silly, but there's a lot of people who feel that way. So if there is a warm and fuzzy way for you to dabble in functional training in your garage and actually effectively go from, you know, zero to 
you know, or scratch to snatch, I think is what Pat coined that term the other day. <laughs> <That's> um, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a really, that's a really compelling idea, actually, because there are so many people who could benefit from something like that. And then, hey, maybe they have an affiliate who's running the Adam program around them, and then they end up going, signing up for that gym. And, you know, they do have a little setup at home, but they have this, this perfect hybrid experience that we think is going to be really cool. No, yeah, <clears throat> it sounds great. And so you guys just started recently, right? It was maybe a month, like, well, I know there was a beta, but uh, did the beta end like a month? Like, I was trying to figure yeah. out. Looking yeah, we went, basically the start of the year was the real initial, um, like, live launch of Adam. We had it during Christmas, but that, you know, Christmas is like so noisy. Um, mm. that it's even hard to get a word in edgewise about anything to anyone at that time. So look at it kind of like the beginning of the year. And the platform is growing so rapidly, like in as far as the feature set that it has. So like when we had it in January, there it's been it's come a long way since then. It will continue to evolve. So, I mean, I know they say, like, if you're not a little bit embarrassed about your product when you first launch it, you launch too late sort of thing. So <laughs> we obviously it wasn't what we wanted it to be when we launched, but we thought, well, this is still better than anything on the market. So let's get it out there. Let's start getting feedback from people. Let's see what people want on it. So currently it's still a web-based app. It's not an iOS or Android app, which will be coming soon, probably early in the summer. Um, but okay. we wanted to like get a bunch of more features on the, on the platform, get some feedback, find out like, you know, from users, you know, what they want, before we went to the iOS, because it's harder to update once once you go through the App Store. So um, nice. we've basically been at it a few months now, and um, it's been really fun to see new people trickle onto the leaderboard. I know that there's a bunch of people out there who are using the app and not posting scores. So I, I, you know, <laughs> we're going to work on getting more people to post scores here. Uh, that's going to be one of our initiatives. So. Um, it just makes more fun for everyone if, if people are on the leaderboard and kind of bantering back and forth. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's been a few months and, um, it's been, it's been pretty fun to see, to see it go. Um, I don't know if you want to hear like kind of how it came about. I know we were going to start the call oh, yeah. we kind no, of definitely. over it, but essentially, um, I'll give you the quick story is, is basically we, I had my gym and then obviously we all got sent home during COVID. So um, we were breaking at lunch to work out together at the gym every day and that we really missed that, that immediately, obviously. So we started running classes on Zoom with my gym's coaches and some of our members and stuff. And we were actually impressed with like, okay, this is not a terrible experience. We're actually having a lot of fun. But the problem was like, I was using a barbell and Shane had like, my brother had like a, a 70 pound kettlebell and we didn't have the exact equipment. So we were kind of modifying stuff as we go. And so you lose that competitive element a little bit because you're not comparing apples to apples. And so like, how do we sync up? Oh, it'd be cool if we actually had the exact same equipment. Oh, and we were doing, you know, the exact same workout so we could compare our scores a bit more. Um, and then I had members calling me from the gym about like, where do they get dumbbells? And if they were to get dumbbells, which load should they get for their house and do what other equipment do they need? And, and so we just saw these pain points of like doing this at home in a way that like, oh, we are actually in a pretty good position as a brand to solve some of these things. And so we had some hard goods coming down the pipeline already to go alongside the jump rope that kind of got 
um, shelved a little bit with the COVID thing and you know the whole supply chain issues. But we thought, well, let's see if we can add a few things, more things to this, and then just bring them all out as a package that you could mm -hmm. get for your garage gym. It's basically an instant home gym setup, and let's see what kind of pricing we can do there and just really give people a really good deal on a package of equipment so that it's 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 closer than going to buy like a peloton bike than anything has ever been in the functional training space even though it will never be as simplistic as that we at least have a, a path for people to take where they can answer a few questions and then they get recommended a kit with all of the loads that they would need at their fitness level. And then it's just click and then it shows up and you're good to go. So um, it was sort of, it was COVID that accelerated the process, but we were sort of heading this direction um, on some levels and whether or not we came to this exact, you know, sort of model, I don't know if that, if that would have happened, but um, you know, everything happens for a reason. So, so here we are. <laughs> no, that's, that's, uh, great. Um, and like I was talking you know, Eric, I, I'm happy you guys are doing it. Cause I, 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 I'm actually shocked that yeah. it hadn't been already done. Like it's the first thing I said, I'm like, so how come no one's done like, this? Like, like what's taking so long, but, uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that there's something out there finally, you know, for people to follow along to and to get started, whether they're, they've done it before or they just want to start new. Um, there's a path forward to them rather than just, you know, the Peloton or a treadmill or a rower. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with riding a Peloton bike or there's nothing wrong no. with doing a hydro, you know, it's like, but, but the, the unique thing about our methodology is that you can legitimately claim that this is all they need to do to be very, very fit. And what mm -hmm. every other methodology or every other fitness gimmick that has ever existed has claimed is like, all you need to do is our thing. And they try to, it's there's this big reach as far as like mm -hmm. what you can do on a bike that's why you'll see like spin classes like having people do shoulder presses while they're riding mm -hmm. a bike and it's like what are you doing this is you know this is doing people a disservice because you're not being honest with them about what they need for to be a, a well-rounded you know athlete so i think that's what's really unique about our methodology and while it there may be a bigger hump to get people into it we know how sticky it is once you do get into it Mm -hmm. And as and how, you know, effective it is once you start being consistent with it. Like we have already with Adam and a few of the people who are just in our close circles who had never done this before are just mind blown at how fast they have improved their fitness. And it's like it's it's just something that's really unique to this this methodology. Now, and Eric, you, you've used this. I, I just tinkered in it for a little bit, but is there, um, I know there was like a tracker. Is there a way to kind of like track progress or how does that? Yeah. So we um, have a training journal. So okay. every workout that you log goes into your training journal. And since we're pretty new with our programming, we haven't done a whole bunch of repeats, but obviously you'll be able to compare old scores cool. to new scores and that nice. kind of thing. We're also developing a benchmarks um, component to the training journal so that you can sort of look and put in you know a certain amount of benchmarks and that, that will be largely tied to what we're doing on the affiliate side of things too because a lot of the people at the gyms that we'll be working with we already have um 60 70 or so gyms on the platform um we we 
we acquired Pat and Taz's warm up and workout last year. And so okay. they've been doing this affiliate training thing in this. They were the first actually to do it in the space and are really good at it and really connected to their to their gym members. So it's going to be really fun to get feedback on the platform and and how they're delivering it with to their members. Um, and then their members will automatically get access to all of Adam, um, which is a cool perk to be able to offer your members like you can get your programming at home and you can even have a class being taught to you at home if you can't make it to the gym that day kind of thing. Yeah, that's um, nice. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't forget where we started with that, that question. <laughs> oh, just like oh, just oh, tracking, tracking, tracking yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about from a tech side of things, uh, Josh, I, what about um, integrations? Are you guys looking at like wearable integrations, uh, any kind of, you know, um, I guess bells and whistles on the, on the wearable side? We are. Um, I'm not sure how much I can say about that. Nice. Yet, I like um, that. Publicly. <laughs> um, but there is some really cool stuff in the works that are that's coming to people who who do like to have that that kind of extra data so that when you log a score in Atom, you'll be able to get some more biometric data accompanied with like your your score in terms of time and reps and that kind of thing. Nice. Awesome. Well, Josh, thanks again for jumping on. And uh, it's great to kind of hear what you guys are doing. And I'm excited to check it out more. And uh, Eric, Absolutely. thanks always for jumping on. And yeah, uh, my pleasure. Yeah. Great talking thanks. with you guys. And we'll thanks see for you. having me, Colin. Appreciate yeah, of it. Course. Eric, it was good to see you. It's you nice too, to Josh. Time. Pleasure as always. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.